Well, good morning, everyone. Great to see you all. Welcome to Christ Central Church. My name's Joe Crummy, and I'm going to be speaking today. And first of all, just happy Father's Day to all of our fathers and grandfathers. Uh, congratulations on this beautiful day. And for those watching online, happy Father's Day uh, as well. And a shout out to all those who took part in our variety show last night. And once again, I am just amazed at the talent and how some people use the little bit of talent that they have to just maximize that talent. And we had some pretty incredible uh, videos last night and lots of laughs. So thanks to uh, everyone who took part. And a big shout out to all those who put some hard work into that. Greatly appreciate it. And also, just before we get into this morning's message, I just need to share some church family news with you as well, and because probably um, many of you might not have heard, so I just wanted to share this with you, that we grieve with the sudden passing of Rick Chase, who died quite suddenly um, early Friday morning, and so Rick had just reconnected with us these past few months. Rick had been with us whew, about 15 years ago for many um, years, and then just in the last couple of months, he'd been living with Trevor, and you might have seen Rick around here. He helped mow the lawn out front and was doing different things. And uh, Rick just took quite ill on Wednesday, and things just went really um, fast. And so Trevor, Gary, and I were able to meet with his kids, Alex and Hannah, um, last night. And so we'll share the funeral details with you um, over the next couple of days. And so let me just pray. I just want to pray for Rick's family this time, for us as a church family. So Father in heaven, as your word says, we grieve and mourn with those who grieve and mourn. And God, we just want to thank you for Rick's life. And God, we thank you that you got a hold of it. And through many ups and downs, uh, Rick knew you as Lord and Savior. And so we don't grieve without hope. Actually, we have great hope that he, his spirit is there with you right now. And no more pain and no more suffering. And Lord, we just pray for Alex and for Hannah, Lord, for Amanda, for the rest of the family, for us as a church family, Lord, that we would know your comfort and your peace in your presence at this time, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, today we're going to continue on and discuss from the book of Acts, and we're in chapter 11 now, and really, I just kind of wanted to give a bit of a preamble to what we're going to talk about this morning, and my question really that I want to address is this, is for those of us who would call ourselves Christians and Christ followers and disciples of Jesus Christ, we live in Canada, and we live in a very pluralistic society, a very multicultural society, and so the question gets asked, should we share our faith and our belief with others? So that's just the question I want to take a look at today, and so if we had time, I'd love to break you into small groups and just say, discuss, what are your thoughts? Um, is that a yes? Is that a no? Is that a maybe? Is that a not sure? Is that even appropriate? In our day and age? Is it arrogant to share our Christian faith? Is that maybe not very tolerant? Is it taboo? So maybe you've heard the phrase, you don't talk about religion and politics. And so some people are just like, hey, that's a private matter. We just don't talk about these things. And of course, we have to address, and rightfully so, you know, is it shameful? What about the past sins of Christians and churches. So all the way back through the Crusades, and certainly in the last few weeks, as the church is in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons, with everything that's gone on with the residential schools, which we just admit is horrible 
and wrong, and the things that have been done in the name of Christianity are terrible. And so we grieve, and we repent, and we seek to know how do we walk out going on from here. So should Christians be maybe quiet? Maybe, maybe we are disqualified from sharing. Those are all the things, and I think just talking to many of you in the last few weeks, those are things that we're all kind of wrestling through. And so how do you feel about possibly sharing your Christian faith? Is that a private matter? Is that something that's awkward, maybe arrogant, maybe you're ashamed? Or are you excited? And are you filled with joy? And do you just welcome opportunities to be able to share what God's done in your life? Or maybe it's a mixture of all of the above. Well, I came upon two studies done in the last two years here in Canada that I just want to share with you that kind of help, again, bring some context to what we're going to talk about this morning. So one is, uh, and it's provided some very interesting sort of evidence of what's going on here in Canada. So first of all, I'm going to ask if you could raise your hand. If you are under the age of 25, can you raise your hand? Under the age of 25. Okay, you can raise your hand if you wish you were under the age of 25. Okay, so here's one of the studies, because if you're under the age of 25, this, you're counted in this study. So this is the Gen Z generation, and a Barna study done with Alpha Canada with Gen Z Christians. This is one of the things they researched and found out. And this is one of the stats that makes you go, whew. This is what they found out surveying tons of Gen Z Christians in Canada, that 44% do not want to share their faith with people of other faiths. So that's 44 so almost half um, of Gen Z Christians surveyed in that do not think it's, do not want to or think it's right or if someone believes something else, it's wrong for us to share our faith with them. So you can understand, I just gave you a whole bunch of reasons why you can understand why, but that's an interesting thing. And here's another sort of summary of a uh, researcher, and I chuckled because I just thought, I think this actually does sum things up. And one of the researchers in a bigger study of, of Canadians all across denominations, all across Canada, he said this, I'm going to sum up basically how the average Canadian Christian feels about sharing their faith. And this is the summary. He said this, if he could put it in one sentence, this is how he would summarize the data. People believe this, I will try to be nice to people and hope they ask me why I'm nice. So that's the summary. I'll try to be nice to people, and I hope that they'll ask me why I'm nice. And then he went on to say, actually, sometimes people who aren't Christians are nicer than Christians, and most of the time people don't ask why you're nice. So it's a confusing time. So this is why I'm giving a bigger preamble. It's a confusing time, because in our culture, really, this is kind of what gets defined is you believe what you want, and I can believe what I want, and as long as it doesn't hurt me or hurt you, then let's just try to get along together. That's kind of in a nutshell. But we have to ask the question, who's telling you that that is the truth? Some, that's a whole belief statement and a faith statement in and of itself. And who gets to define how it hurts 
somebody. So those are some things, but it's confusing. And we don't want to offend anyone, so sometimes we're like, I'll be quiet. I'll serve, but I don't want to say anything because I don't want to offend. And if I offend, then maybe I'll be canceled out. And I'm ashamed of our past, so we don't have any right this week today, so I'm just going to be quiet. It's a confusing time. And I just want to state clearly, just so we have this at the beginning, using any violence or coercion or power to force people to convert to Christianity is not Christ-like at all. And that is wrong, and that's not what we want to even suggest or today. Any use of violence, coercion, power to force people to convert to Christianity is not acceptable. And that's not what we're talking about when we're talking about sharing our faith. That's wrong, and the church has a lot to repent from, and humility is needed, and we need to figure out how, if there's restitution we can act upon, we're about that process. But really what I want to share this morning is that the Bible says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. At Christmas, when the angels came and they announced to the shepherds, they're saying, a savior has been born. He's for the world. This is good news for all people. And this morning, I just kind of want to, we're not going to get into sort of the hows of, I just want to share again. I want to try to convince us or remind us that this is about good news. So we can learn from today's reading, which is really a summary, if you were here last week, from Acts 10. And just quickly, and then we'll get into it. Peter, who's a Jew and a follower of Jesus, is sent by the Spirit of God to a Gentile, actually to the opposition to a Roman soldier, Cornelius. And so we're talking about huge cultural, ethnic divisions here. And the Holy Spirit leads Peter outside of his comfort zone, and he breaks Peter's previous sort of rules and traditions because God was revealing that his plan is for all people, that there's a new way to relate to God, that Jesus is the way and the means to God the Father to have access into God's big family. So let's read Acts 11. It'll be up here on the screen. You can read it in your Bible on your phone. Acts 11, verses 1 to 21. So let's take a look at that. And we pick up the story. So Peter says, the apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles, those who weren't Jewish, had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised or the Jewish believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. So he broke their previous traditions. So starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. He says, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts and reptiles and birds, all those that he wasn't allowed to eat. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was pulled up to heaven again. And right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he'd seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who was called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. 
And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with, with water, referring to John the Baptist, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? And when they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word among only Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. So what can we learn from Peter in this cross-cultural experience of sharing his faith in Jesus? We're going to look at the gospel is good news because it's God's plan. And briefly, we're just going to walk through, number one, God's original plan. I'm going to move that that way. Thank you. God's original plan. We've got to go back to the start. And what we have to realize in God's word and in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God existed, eternal. God who was and is and is to come. No people group can claim God is their God when God existed before there were any people. That's the starting point. Not a white man's God. There were no white people. God was, is, is to come. God in the beginning. And God created male and female in God's image. And therefore, we believe every person has dignity and worth and value. Doesn't matter what your background is. Every person from Adam and Eve on made in God's image and everyone has dignity, value, and worth. And God said to the first man and woman, take care of my creation and go and multiply and fill the earth with my glory. My image bearers are going to fill the earth. He's not saying fill the earth with some mist or some sunshine. He's saying fill the earth with my image bearers, my image people. Go forth and multiply. Be fruitful. Fill the earth with my glory. That's the original plan, is that the earth would be filled with God's glory. Those are some of the things we were just thinking about this morning. But there was a tragic sabotage. It was like the most incredible drama. Is that one of the angels, a created being in heaven, rebelled against God. And it says that he was expelled from heaven and he sought to destroy God's original plan. And Adam and Eve, as we see, were tempted by Satan and they were deceived and they disobeyed. And the result of this, their disobeying God is this brokenness. Brokenness entered the world. There was a broken relationship with God and there was a broken relationship between man and woman. There was a broken relationship among people. And I don't think I need to convince you that we still live in a broken world. And the consequence is sin and death entered humanity. And instead of the earth being filled with the glory of God, the earth was filled with brokenness. 
pain, death filled the earth. And we see in Genesis 11 sort of how things went in just a few chapters. From filling the earth with God's glory. And we read about the Tower of Babel and how the humans came together and they used their energy to build a city and a tower for themselves. It said this, to make a name for themselves. So very quickly, God's original plan of the earth being filled with the glory of God became the earth being filled with selfishness for our own glory. And it says that God confused them. He introduced a whole number of languages and they were scattered. That's God's original plan that was sabotaged. Fill the earth with my glory. Sabotaged. So we need it, the next part of God's plan. Number two, God's rescue plan. That God, by God's own choosing, picked a nobody named Abram. And he gave Abram all kinds of promises. And we read about it in Genesis 12 over the next few chapters. And God, out of just his sovereign plan, picked Abram and he said, Abram, I'm going to make you into a great nation and I'm going to bless you. And he gave this promise over and over and over again. And this was God's rescue plan. And it says this, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth, all people groups will be blessed through you. And it says, Abram, who became Abraham, believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham got that brokenness that separates us from God. He came back into right relationship with God, not through anything he did, but how? By faith. He believed what God had said. He believed God's word. And God's rescue plan started, and he wanted a people, again, who were about his glory filling the earth. And we have Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the stories of Joseph and Moses and David, all about God creating a people group that were for his glory. And how did he have that people group separate it from everyone else who wasn't about God's glory? It was through all kinds of systems about food and sacrifice and about land and about a temple. All of these things were what it meant to be set apart for God, to be part of God's people and God's family. But as Mark pointed out last week, we see that God's heart was for all people. In and even through all those different things, God's heart was Jonah, a person from the people of God. Go to Nineveh. Go to that pagan, ungodly city and tell them to repent and tell them that I love them. Does God want all people, all nations to come and have relationship with him? And we see this line all through the Old Testament. It says that all nations will be blessed through Abraham's seed. And that's pointing to Jesus. And when Jesus came, they were announcing Jesus is the Savior of the world. Behold, it's good news. I bring glad tidings of great news. For unto you is born a Savior. Woo! God's rescue plan is coming through. He's faithful. And we read probably the most famous verse in Scripture, John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes, whoever has faith and trust in Jesus should not perish but have eternal life. 
God's rescue plan is Jesus. He saves us from our sin and our brokenness and Satan and death by his life and death and resurrection. And Peter's message was all about Jesus. Jesus is the one who saves. Jesus not only saves, but he fills us with his spirit. That we're no longer on our own. And that leads to the third part of God's plan. It's God's go plan. And in sports, a lot of times, you get in the action, you're like, it's go time. Like, we're about it. It's go time. This is God's go plan. Jesus said to his disciples as he returned to heaven, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, training them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Does that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound like a bit like back at the beginning of Genesis? That you're to go fill the earth with my glory. And that's now the Holy Spirit in you. Go forth and multiply. So now it's not about food or sacrifices. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. Now it's not about a piece of land. You can sell your land. Now it's not about temples because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not about having to become part of this ethnic group. But now it's Jesus in us by his Holy Spirit, in us, in Christ. That's what makes us set apart. So you can go and you can share good news and you can teach and train and baptize and obey. So go is both a command, but it's not just a command, it's an invitation to join in on God's plan. We get to be in on God's plan because God wants a people from every nation. And as I said before, here's the key thing. We don't use force. We don't use violence. We don't coerce because God draws people and God reveals and God saves. We're just the messengers. John 6, 44, Jesus said this, and I find this so encouraging. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up at the last day. Everyone who listens to the Father learns from God and comes to me. Can I say it again? Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. So it isn't our duty it isn't our militant plan. It isn't pressure tactics to share Jesus. We just need to be about seeing who the Father is drawing and revealing in God's great plan. It takes the pressure off. Peter was sent out of his comfort zone, but Peter went, go and tell. It's part of the go plan. He just didn't say, well, Cornelius, Cornelius you can come here. No, he went He's going. And even the persecuted believers from Jerusalem, after Stephen was martyred, they went to other regions. You can see some of them at first, just, we're just sharing with our own people group. But then some of them went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also. Don't know how that happened. That's the Holy Spirit. Telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Why? Because God was already at work drawing and revealing and preparing people to hear the message of Jesus. God the Father draws. God the Father reveals. God the Father is at work 
and we as believers just share God's story. We share what I'm sharing this morning. We share the original plan. We share how it was sabotaged. We share the rescue plan. We share the go plan of Jesus. And all the way along, it's the same message. We repent, we return, we turn from the way we are going. We put our faith and trust and hope in Jesus. We're baptized in water because we identify with the death and life of Jesus Christ. And we're filled with the Holy Spirit that we receive adoption. That we know that we're children, sons of God. And he empowers us to go and be witnesses. And that just gets repeated over and over and over and over and over and over again. That's why we're here 2,000 years later. Because people were obedient to share good news. So where's all this going? In closing, this is the final plan of, for God. God's final plan, number four. Habakkuk 2.14 says this, the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And again, that's not a mist or a sunshine, something like we think the glory of God, bright light's gonna fill the earth. No, it's people. It's people that know God through Jesus Christ from every language, tribe, nation, and culture who know and love Jesus and are filled with his Holy Spirit and who get to express that in their language and their culture in their freedom of expression of what worship looks like to God. It doesn't all have to look one way. And every people group receives the gift of the Holy Spirit because he is a gift. None of us earn it's all grace. Revelation 7, 9 to 10 says this. This is where things are heading towards. John, in this revelation, says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Woo, that's where everything's heading, folks. And we get a small taste of it here on earth. And I love it when we have in our church family, in different languages, people worshiping God. I love it when people can be standing still, and people can be grooving, and people can be clapping, and people can be bowing, and people can wear different types of dress that they want to honor God with and worship God. It's all a foretaste of what's coming. And I love it. So I love Daniel Ahuka last week singing his song, which we didn't do justice to. And I keep saying to Daniel, don't become more Canadian. We need to become more like you. So let's get grooving and let's get worshiping God. And I love chants and I love all those different things. They're all incredible expressions from different cultures and languages, honoring God. And folks, that's what heaven is going to be like. So we're just, we're singing, let heaven come to earth. That's what we're asking for. In closing, folks, this is good news. This is God's story. This is God's plan. And we get to obey and we get to serve people and we get to share and we get to invite and I just find it so interesting later on in 1 Peter. Here you have Peter, who is probably, honestly, probably the, one of the most abrupt, maybe ignorant, arrogant, brashful, not tactful person. And at the end of his life, 
In 1 Peter 3.15, Peter writes this to the church. But in your hearts, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Folks, in our culture, in person, online, let's be about sharing good news, but let's be about gentleness and respect. So a few questions as we close, and you can think about them now and this week. Do you have a reason for hope? Peter says, be ready to give a reason for the hope which you have. Folks, this week, like right now, do you have hope? Do you have hope in Jesus? Because really, we don't have much to share if we don't have any real hope. Have you received Jesus? Do you know God's original plan? Are you aware of the big story of God's word? It's not just about a little thing about us. It includes us, but it's much bigger. Did you know God's original plan was to fill the earth with his glory? Do you know why we need a rescue plan? Why God had to initiate a rescue plan? Do you understand why there's brokenness in the world? Do you understand that Jesus is the rescue plan? Folks, it all takes us to humble ourselves to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. We all have to humble ourselves. Do you know God's go plan? Have you allowed yourself maybe a mindset or a fear or a timidity that, you know what, it doesn't really matter if I don't share my faith. As long as people believe something, that's good enough. Maybe there's some mindsets we need to change. Do you know God's final plan? Do you want out of compassion and a big picture of, folks, I don't want any people group missing from God's throne. I don't want people to miss out on this great salvation. I don't want people to miss out on every tongue, tribe, nation, language, culture, giving glory to Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So we can serve and share and listen and give an answer for our own. Only God draws and saves. And we do this sharing with gentleness and respect. But sometimes I realize the reasons I don't want to share are actually my own fears and my own selfishness. And I really got to get over myself and work through and know God's plan. And I have to be thankful that someone told me. Because folks, if we don't share this good news, God has a way, and we understand God gives dreams to people, and God's about, as Ben shared from Isaiah, God's about his own glory. He'll have a people for himself. But the good news is he wants to use every one of us. So this week, maybe we need to wrestle through, is this good news? Are you convinced that this is good news? Have you received good news. Have you believed? If so, am I open for God to use me? God, I just make myself available. You draw. I can't convince, force, coerce anyone. But you're at work. So God, give me, where are you at work? How can I join in? Do I believe that God is actually drawing people to Jesus from all tongues, tribes, and nations? 
Am I ready to listen? And a lot of times, am I listening to the Holy Spirit? As Mark shared last week, you can go back and hear some of those practical things. How do I hear God's voice? And folks, a lot of us, as we share, we listen a lot. So a lot of times, I do a lot of asking people questions and get them to share their life story before I ever share. So we can listen to the Holy Spirit and to people. And am I ready to share the reason for the hope which I have in Jesus Christ? All right, so let's stand if you're here in person. I just want to pray, and then Joel and the team can come. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you that in your mercy, you initiate you draw, you reveal, you're at work. God, because we as humans would always mess it up. And God, I thank you that there is an answer from brokenness and pain and death. And that Jesus, as we were singing earlier, we do pray for heaven to come to earth. And we pray for good news to go forth to every people group, every language, every culture. Lord, help us, Lord do that with humbleness, with patience, with understanding, with respect, with gentleness. God, we want to see where you're at work. Lord, keep drawing, keep revealing. And Lord, our heart is that this earth would be filled with the glory of the knowledge of God. That Lord, we would see heaven on earth, that there would be a people group from every tongue, tribe, language, culture, nation that knows Jesus Christ and brings worship to you. Lord, humbly we ask, Lord, do that in our day and in our time. Lord, through our neighborhoods, through our networks of peoples, Lord, as the nations are here and as we go to the nations, Lord. For your glory, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.